This morning's sermon, I was uh, debating between two sermons. I have a book of like about 50 sermons. I'm a collector. One thing I like to collect is sermons. I like to read lots of different sermons, get lots of different ideas. This sermon was written probably back in 1984 on a little typewriter. Um, as you can see, the title is For Backsliders Only. So many of you are probably saying, well, then what am I doing here? Well, you're here because at one time or another, we have all been guilty of a little backsliding. But today, one thing that we want to learn is, what is backsliding? What does the scriptures say that backsliding is? And we want to hear from the Word of God about backsliding and who is backsliding? Why do people backslide? What is it that causes us to leave the presence of God? Those are some of the things that we're going to be looking at this morning. Hopefully I can see my notes. You'll find that uh, the word backslider is found only once in the scriptures. In Proverbs 14.14 it says this, God not only uses his, this term through his wise man, but also explains what causes a person to become a backslider. Here's what Solomon had to say. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And so a backslider is a person that not only goes after his own ways, but he doesn't listen to what God's ways are. So a backslider is someone that no longer listens to God and his ways, but falls after his own ways. Now backsliding is mentioned 16 or 17 times in the Word of God. It is not something new for today. For you see, about a hundred years before Christ came, the prophet Jeremiah spoke of backsliding of God's people in his day. In Jeremiah 5, 6, it says this, their backslidings increased. So in Jeremiah's day, backsliding actually started to increase. More and more people started to leave the faith, which would be kind of hard if you think about it, because that's what Israel was all about, being God's people but they were actually pulling away from being God's people. In Jeremiah 8.5 it said this, He went so far as to say this, slidden back by a perpetual backsliding. It's something that kept happening over and over again. God's people kept falling and sliding back. And then in Jeremiah 14.7 he added, Our backslidings are many. So this is nothing new. But what is a backslider? Anybody who has ever been a backslider doesn't need a definition to know the experience. For if you are in the process now slipping away from God, then you already know. It's somebody whose love is growing cool for the Spirit of God. A person knows when they're drifting away from the right things of the world. 
He still knows when we are no longer striving to enter that straight gate. Is your Christian example what you know it should be? Have you begun to play in the devil's playground? What is your relationship today with your Savior? Backsliding is nothing more than an individual losing their personal experience with Jesus, losing their desire to to let God's work in their life be shown. But why talk about backsliding this morning? Surely there aren't any backsliders here. This morning I want to talk to you about backsliders for several reasons. One, to help us know what happens when a person takes this step. Two, to try to help examine our lives to see whether we just might be headed in this direction if we're not careful. Three, to help us to know what we can do for those who have backslidden. And four, to show God's attitude towards backsliding people. <clears throat> so let's try to understand better what, what is happening when a person leaves Jesus. When a man described a situation like this, it's called the backslider's garage sale. Picture this. The backslider is living on a corner called Neglect Street and Worldly Avenue. His ad is this. He offers the following items for the sale. One cross, nearly new. Selling because I cannot carry it around and keep up with the worldly crowd. One five-piece set of armor. In good shape. Needs polishing. One bundle of Christian opportunities. Among them, a wonder opportunity for going to church every Sabbath and another of being a soul winner. Selling because seldom in use. And one used Christian influence. The buyer may be able to repair it. Then this man tells us all of the items that are being stored in the basement. See, this one is in the back. All these other items are in the back that he wants to sell, and that's why he's selling them. Because other things are far more important, like the fishing gear, golf clubs, lawnmower, picnic basket, bathing suit. All other things are a lot more frequently used. I wonder how many of us today could easily have a backslider garage sale. Are some of you Christian characters so bad that you might as well put them out for the garbage man? Are we backsliders or are we totally out of business when it comes to God's work? You know, there is another way to backslide also. The story is told of a minister who decided that he was retiring. And so he moved to a place where no one knew him. And out in the country, and he went for a walk outside of his nice little cottage. And he was walking down the lane in front of his house. 
And he noticed that there were also two ladies that were walking too. And he passed by them. And as he passed by them, he could, they were speaking kind of loud. And one of the ladies said, Who is that gentleman? And the other lady said, Well, he's that retired Christian. How many of us today feel like just that? How many times have I heard people say, Oh, I'm retired. This is for young people. Anyone could say that, right? Because there's always somebody younger. How many of us today in the Orange Seventh-day Adventist Church have either worked for Jesus or have quit working for Jesus? And so this morning I'm speaking to two groups. Those who have backslidden away from Jesus or are in the process of sliding or have retired from helping the Savior. And I'm speaking to those who are still serving the Lord and want to help the others. And everyone here this morning is in one of these groups. You do not need to remain in your present condition. God still loves you and wants you to return. Christ died for you, and you are special to him. It doesn't matter what reasons you have for slipping away or leaving or retiring. It doesn't matter that you have left the church and wandered away. There is still time to come back, still time to straighten things out. And the best time for that is now, right this very moment. No matter what you may have, no matter if you've been mistreated in the church or seen injustice or seen the pastor do something wrong or if there's just some weakness in your life that you are unable to overcome, there is no reason sufficient enough to keep us from the Savior. This concept is made very clear in the words of Jesus. The Savior compares our relationship between himself and his people as that of being a shepherd and his sheep. It's a relationship that never breaks down. Listen to what Jesus has to say in John 10, 14, and 15. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known of mine. Even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. And when in Isaiah 40:11, it is a prophetically written when Jesus, when the Savior should appear, he would feed his flock like a shepherd. He would gather lambs with his arms and carry them into his bosom. Later, the Holy Spirit, through the prophet Isaiah, said this. I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. I will seek that which was lost, and bring again that which was driven away, and will bind up which is broken, and will strengthen that which is sick. Then, when Christ was there on earth to make his love for the the wandering sheep, as well as for those in the fold, so clear that he would never doubt it, Jesus illustrated it wonderfully by a parable story in Luke 15. 
What a beautiful story of hope and love. And it's a story written to, to backsliders. Let's begin by looking at the first verse in Luke 15. Verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And finally, in the words, Jesus in his parable, he makes it clear there is hope for sinners. He said this in verse 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? So what about it? How long does the shepherd look? Until he finds it. Amen? He doesn't quit because the going gets hard. He goes after that which is lost until he finds it. And that's the way Jesus is searching for us. He's searching now. But let us read on. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together all his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which is lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over the ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Isn't this story beautiful? The lost sheep that needs to be looked for. It's the lost sheep that needs repenting. It's the lost sheep that needs a shepherd. Willing to go out and look for him until it is found. The lost sheep was once in the fold, but he wandered away and couldn't find his way back alone. He didn't have the power to return, so the good shepherd went after him. And kept looking until he found him. In this chapter, there are three parables. Describe three different types of backsliders. The first parable was the lost coin, which represents a person who is lost and doesn't know he is lost. The lost sheep, which was lost, knew he was lost, and couldn't do anything about it. The lost boy... He knew, the law, he knew he was lost and did something about it. In all three cases, the lost object was searched for until it was found. You see, many of us lie in this situation in one time or another. We're lost. We slip away. How many of us within the last six months have visited a backslider? How many of us went out in search of and found? You see, each of us is God's shepherd. We need to care for our brothers and our sisters. And you say, well, I really don't know who or where the backslider is in our church. All you need to do is look up the church directory and go through the names 
and see of all those that are missing in action. It's amazing what a phone call does, what a visit at a door with a smiling face, somebody showing that they care will do. I can almost guarantee it. The next Sabbath, that person will be in church. It's amazing how we touch them. When we have a physical, love-showing character for those in Christ. Let me take a time to share with you a letter written by a backslider. It's written by a man who was a, a writer and a worker for Jesus. His name was Reuben Green. He drifted away from God. And later, when he returned, he wrote this letter. Here's what he said. I was a real backslider, not one who slipped away by going to a movie or staying away from church for a few months, but a man who gave up God completely. I gave up Sabbath. I gave up, I mean, I went back to, I gave up Sabbath. I went back to drinking and smoking and became an immoral man. And this continued for 10 years. In his letter to the other backsliders, he said this, I beg you, whoever, whatever, or wherever you are, listen to me. I've learned that Jesus loves the backslider. Praise God. Then he repeated a quote in the book of Christ's Object Lesson, page 187 and 188, that talks about Jesus relates to the backslider, and the statement refers to Jesus as a shepherd, just as Luke 15 does. The shepherd, which means you, or the pastor, or the Lord, that discovers that one of his sheep is missing, does not look carelessly upon the flock that is safely housed, and say, I have 99, and it will cost me too much trouble to go in search of the straying sheep. Let him come back. And I will open the door to the sheepfold and let him in. Now, no sooner does the sheep go astray than the the shepherd is filled with grief and anxiety. He counts and recounts the flock. And then he is sure that one sheep is lost. He slumbers not. He leaves the 99 in the fold and goes in search of straying sheep. The darker and more temptuous the night, and more perilous the way, the greater the shepherd's anxiety. And more earnest his search, he makes every effort to find the one lost sheep. At last, he finds the sheep. He does, listen to this. I like this part, because it's something that I would do. But this is something that he does not do. He doesn't scold it, because it caused him much trouble. He does not whip it. I can see myself whipping that sheep home. Get home. He does not even lead it home. He takes the trembling creature upon his shoulders and bears it back to the fold. Reuben asked the question. Later when the storms came and the cold winds roared around the sheepfold and the wolves were howling outside, 
Which of the sheep do you think loved the shepherd more? Of course, the one who was lost, the one who knows what it means to have lost Jesus. How many of us this morning are in that unstable ground of almost losing Jesus? How many of us this morning no longer hear that still, small voice when we do something wrong? I pray none of you. But I want you to realize that you have a Savior, someone that loves you so much that he's willing to search for you until you're found. And then when he finds you, he's willing to carry you all the way to salvation. Praise God. It's nothing that we do. It's all of what Christ does within us. And each of us can experience that salvation, that joy in Christ. All we have to do is let Christ find us. And what does it say? He searches until he does that. And so we have a Savior that loves us and cares about us more than anything. The next point is, how many of us would like to demonstrate that love by going out and visiting someone who has lost their way? If if this is something that you would like to do, I would love to see you after church. Maybe give you some ideas. Maybe give you some materials in which to go out and to talk and to love the backslider back to Jesus. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunities that you give us to reach out and to love our brothers. Father, we thank you for a church that allows us to uplift and to edify one another. So, Father, give us that heart. Give us that spirit. And we know it will only come from you. And so we ask it all in your name, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen.